in a world of iconic riffs, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural growls, the debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is the Great Metal Standoff. Thank you very much, voiceover guy. Now, I'll take over from here. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community, welcome to the Great Metal Standoff. I am Jason Evans, and welcome. Welcome, everyone, to this brand new podcast, this brand new podcast right here on Sin Media. Thank you very much for joining us. We're very excited to have you with us. Now, just a little quick thing about me. Um, I've been doing some Sin Media-related content for a little while now. Most recently, I took part in a seasonal program over at Sin Nation called Mind Games. And while I was doing Mind Games, a very fun conspiracy theory-related show, I had also been taking part in Sin's flagship punk and metal-dedicated program, Mosh Pit. And it was a very fun experience. I got to meet a, lo- a lot of lovely people and had great discussions. So much so that my favourite moments in that time period wasn't really presenting the show and showcasing new music out to, you know, the state of Victoria and the nation and the world because of our reach, I guess. <laughs> our reach is very, very far-flung, I do believe. Uh, my personal favourites actually were just, you know, interacting with other presenters and just chatting all things music and talking about our favourite albums from our favourite artists and bands. So, essentially, what I thought of at some point, I just thought at some point, what if we pitted some of the most iconic albums of all time in a album battle, quote-unquote, you know, quote-unquote album battle of sorts, and see which one would come out on top? So, that's what this podcast is going to be all about. On this podcast, we will be taking two albums up against and put them up against each other and go track by track to see which one would come out on top in victory because victory is sweet victory is lovely there's no taste of defeat here at the great metal standoff apart from the album that could eventually lose the album battle quote unquote whoop de doo so i guess for our very first episode we have to you know, kick off with a bang. We have to go big. We have to go bold. So I have decided to begin this series of podcasts with a classic duel in heavy metal history, the two most influential and emphatic bands in metal history. My favorite band personally, Metallica, and their biggest equal and rival, Megadeth. Now for this battle, I've selected Metallica's game-changing 1986 album, Master of Puppets, and Megadeth's Herculean juggernaut of an album, Rust in Peace. Now, this is where my ability in rating music could crumple down almost immediately right out of the bat, because how the hell am I going to distinguish which album going to battle would stand, come out on top? How the hell am I going to work out which album out of Master of Puppets and Rust in Peace would come out on top. It's it's almost mind-bogglingly difficult. So, since I cannot break it down by myself, instead, I'm going to bring in a few guests with me. Today, and throughout this series, I'll be bringing guests across Sin's music programs, local musicians across Melbourne, across Australia, and persons of interest to come in and take part with me. It'll be a whale of a time. 
On this first show, my guest will be someone I met during my, my short tenure at Mosh Pit. His name is Reese McKenzie, and he is a bass player for a local Melbourne death metal band called Iscarian. Make sure you make him feel very welcome, listeners at home. Now, before we bring Reese into the studio and we break down Master of Puppets and Rust in Peace, here are the rules of the Great Metal Standoff that this battle and all battles in future episodes will abide by. Rule number one. Each battle goes through track by track. So what I mean by that essentially is Metallica's track one versus Megadeth's track one. In this case, it's Metallica and Megadeth. Metallica's track two versus Megadeth's track two, and so on and so forth. Myself and my guests will give individual points to the winners of each track based on our choosing. We will choose winners individually. And the winner will be the most overall points... And the winner will be decided by the album with the most overall points by our panellists. And rule number two. If in the event of one album containing more tracks than the other, which in this case, this rule would apply since Metallica's Master of Puppets only has eight tracks compared to Megadeth's Rust in Peace, which has nine. A point can be awarded for the lone and unopposed track but it can only be given if a panellist would definitively seek the song out again. So it will be, yes, I love this song, I will seek this song out again, I enjoyed it that much. No, yeah, I guess, or, uh, maybe I would. I mean, it's good, but potentially I'd listen to it. No, that will not count. I will not count anything like that. It must be, yes, I enjoy this song so much that I would seek this song out again. You got it? Excellent. Sounds great. So, let's bring Reese in the studio. Let's kick off the very first album battle on the Great Metal Standoff. Metallica versus Megadeth. Master of Puppets versus Rust in Peace. I'm looking forward to it. Who's going to come out on top? We'll find out right now. Roll the audio. Okay. We are here on, in the battlefield of the Great Metal Standoff. This is the very first time. I'm joined by uh, Reese McKenzie. He is part. He was part, joined me in Mosh Pit a couple of months ago, back when I did Mosh Pit last year. You are a bass player too, aren't you? Correct. Yes. So, hello are, everyone. By the way, <laughs> no worries. So, thanks for coming on. No worries. Thank you for doing this. This is one on one, so it's kind of like a trial episode, isn't it? It's, it's just one us, of us in the boxing ring, and also in the boxing ring is albums. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So we're going to go track by track, track by track, Rust in Peace, Master yes. of Puppets. Before you came in here today... Before I came in, yes. Which one did you think was going to walk away with a victory? Oh my God. Which one do you think you would walk See, away See, that's the thing. More? That's what I want to determine today really? on this episode. I don't have an opinion on that just yet because these albums are considered these bands like masterpieces presented to the to yeah. the masses and I thought that via mathematics we could come to a conclusion on <laughs> which one's the better one our own personal subjective opinions yes. really don't mean much in the long run they're going to be the ones that decided isn't it oh no <laughs> okay so <laughs> just before we get into that you are a bass player yes you play in a band I play in Iscarian um, a deaf uh, so uh, the official genre title is a prog death black a prog a progressive Blackened death metal band. Right. How long have they been around for? Uh, three years. Only three years? Got anything out? We have um, 
We released an EP in 2017 called The Pinnacle of Neglected on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. You can come check it out if you would like. And come check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We're on there. Excellent. Um, we got the cheap plugs out of the way. How about that, hey? Yes. Now, I, I hear you're in the band, Jason. Um, am I? Are you? No. Okay. Not. Moving on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shame. What a start we're <laughs> yes. off to on the Great Metal Stand-Up. Okay. So, it's Master of Puppets versus Rust in Peace. Yes. Master of Puppets, that is uh, probably the most influential Metallica album Yes, in their discography. Yeah. Changed the game? Did change the game. A lot of Metallica albums changed the game, in fact. But this one, probably like the pinnacle of critical and commercial success for them. Right. And oh, wait, no, not commercial. I won't say commercial. We'll I don't think it, it would have been commercial considering it did not receive any radio promotion at all in the lead up. No, they couldn't really promote metal like this at the time, could they? No, Not it was really. a change in culture. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason why we've done Master of Puppets versus Rust in Peace, because Rust in Peace is by Megadeth. Yes. And as we know the story of Dave Mustaine, it's sparked the whole Metallica and Megadeth feud. Feud? Would well, you call it a feud? It's kind of beating a dead horse. We are beating a dead horse We are today. beating a dead horse, but it's a dead horse that needs to be reminded so we don't repeat history again for any other bands that are considering revenge on another band. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, Rust in Peace, that is most definitely a juggernaut of an album. It is in the, in the in Meta, excuse me, in Megadeth's category, yes, it is definitely a juggernaut for them. It's on its own pedestal. Yeah, it's like, wow, how did they do that one? Well, for me. We're going to find out. We're going to put these songs up against each other. Track one versus track one, track two versus track two. This is the first ever edition of the Great Metal Standoff. Oh, boy. Oh you boy. excited, Reese? I'm definitely excited. It's one on one. Yes. So there is very high chance or probability that it could be a draw. I might think Metallica win. You might think Megadeth win. We might not be able to settle this Today, no. age-old debate. Yes, I, I agree. Well, with that being said... Timekeeper over there, over there in the corner of the studio, please, Timekeeper. Can you please ring the bell for us? Again. Okay. Apologize. First things first. Yes. Track one. Battery versus Holy Wars, The Punishment Do. For me, this one goes, this is a clear winner for me. It goes to Holy Wars, The Punishment Do. Why? Okay, Okay, like... It feels like a, a bit more of a journey. Like, it's probably the most proggy song on the Megadeth album, Rust in Peace. Uh, I just feel like the riffs are more like... Okay, like, in Battery, like, the riffs are media, but it feels like with um, Holy Wars, you're going through, like, a nice little journey. There's, like, the meaty riff in the beginning, and it's also a tricky riff as well. And it's just, like, there's more substance to this song, lyrically, as well. Okay. So that's why it wins for me. Joe... As I was researching this song, apparently, so this was um, from uh, Dave Mustaine. Mm. Apparently, he said the song was inspired after an incident on stage in Northern Ireland and proclaimed, give Ireland back to the Irish. This one is for the cause and proceeded to play Sex Pistols Anarchy in the UK. And then the next day they found out what that does (laughs) in Northern Ireland. And that was actually inspiration for the Holy Wars. So who would have thought? I originally thought that Holy Wars was like a more broader thing. Not just like just Northern Ireland wars or like conflict. I thought this song applied to all kinds of war, like you know, brother will kill brother, spilling blood across the land, killing for religion, something I don't understand. I think that applies to a lot of things, like a lot of wars. Contemporary, yeah. yes, yes, contemporary. But yeah, do you know what? Here's the funny thing. I remember going into this thinking, 
Metallica is my favorite band ever, but I kind of have to admit that Me- Megadeth are probably a much more technically proficient band. And yeah, when you put Battery and Holy Wars together, I'd probably have to go Holy Wars. Yeah, it's it's like Battery, the like it is a it is a difficult song to play, and it's meaty. It's all meat basically that song. But lyrically, I would have to give the point to Megadeth because uh, with that Battery is just a bit vague about what it's about. I think, but that doesn't—I mean—that doesn't mean it's a bad song. Wasn't battery um, centered around? Uh, it was centered around uh, ba- Battery Street, right? Battery Street. Yeah, Battery Street—a street in the Bay Area, place where the band like to hang. Ah, oh, true. Because it's a very violent song too, so it must. Oh, it's aggressive, that. headbanger. Yeah, yeah. Like, like banging riff in your face straight away. Oh, no, Absolutely. no, it's the guitars in your face straight away. Guitars are straight in your face, but then it's also got that elegant intro. Yeah. Either way, I, I would stand here, say yeah. Holy Wars, Holy probably. Wars. So that's actually, Metallica is my favourite band in the world, and yet here they are 1-0 on the Great Metal Standoff. Sorry, Metallica, but yeah, Megadeth win this round. Okay. This next one is very, very difficult for me. Oh, okay. Master of Puppets, the title track. Master of Puppets, the iconic Master of Puppets, versus yeah. Hangar 18. Shall I go first? Go first. Master. Master of Puppets. Yeah? Um, is it, was that a simple decision for you? Yeah, it was a simple decision for me. Um, the reason it is because I really had an epiphany with this song. Um, when I realized what the lyrics were about, it was about cocaine addiction. Okay. Spe- like, that's what they said specifically it was about. Um, Chop your breakfast on a mirror. Yeah, exactly. I realized how much, how much of a good lyricist he is. How it's just like it's a little indirect as well. I thought, damn, that's really that's some really good lyric writing in Master of Puppets. Like he's talking about, as you said, chopping your breakfast on a mirror. Makes me jealous. He was in his early twenties, and I'm nineteen. I'm approaching the age where James Hetfield was when he wrote <laughs> Master of Puppets. Hey. Maybe the most iconic metal song in history. I'm, I'm past. I'm past that now. Well, oh, well, technically, he wrote it at my age now. So. Ugh. Missing out. Got a long way to go, haven't you? Yeah, but musically, it sort of improves upon Battery because it's it's a longer song, yes. Um, but the riffs are more recognisable than Hangar 18, I think. Would you say that? I, I I reckon I paint a lot of visual pictures when I listen to Hangar 18. Yeah, because like I can imagine that with like you know, it's more about like a specific um thing like in terms of like conspiracy theories and all that about this certain. Hangar 18. Hangar 18. Here we Re- go. Refers to the Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Hangar 18, I believe, is a... Yeah, I think that is a very alien, cultured yeah. place. It's like, researching this, it was a very weird thing to look up about the theories that go uh, amongst this. But I still think Master of Puppets is a better, more... Um, what's the word? Re- um relatable thing i guess i'm taking master of puppets too but i must oh, okay. say it's a it was a tough decision ha- for you would you listen to master of puppets driving down a supernatural highway in middle america on your way to area 51 Ooh, no you'd no, listen to but i, w- I wouldn't li- i wouldn't listen to hangar 18 though why oh was the choice like either master or hangar or was there a much broader spectrum I wouldn't know, but I just know that if I went down like right, a haunted highway in the desert of the US down to Area 51, I'd have Air- Hangar 18 blasting. <laughs> sure. How many solos are in there again? In Hangar 18? Yeah, it's like 
nine there's or a ten. Lot of, there's a lot of solos. Like in Master of Puppets, there's like maybe two distinctive solos, I think. Yes, the the bridge, the, the br- slow bridge. The bridge, and then there's the um fast I, solo. I think I read somewhere that was a James Hetfield solo. Um, and then I can't Kirk remember which one's one. which. I think, like, it's either. It's like I remember they were talking about clinic, a guitar clinic, right? And he said, no matter which path you take, either whether it's Hetfield or Hammett, you're going to have a difficult path to play each or one of the other solo. So good luck. So that's what I liked about the song. It's it's still like it keeps it up. But yeah, for me, I, I love Hangar Eighteen. I I reckon it's very visual. I'd love to you know dance to and dance with an alien to that song. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Master of Puppets. Yeah. There's nothing more iconic than Master of Puppets in my opinion. True. Next up now, next up, the thing that should not be Ooh. versus Techno Prisoners. My decision. The thing that should not be. Really. Yeah. The HP Lovecraft inspired yes. song. It's the second song related to Cthulhu in the Metallica catalogue. Don't you know? No, I didn't know that. Well, Call of Cthulhu, or Fly Ride the Lightning, that's the instrumental yep. track. Call of Cthulhu, thing that should not be, you know. The They're all related to HP Lovecraft, aren't they? They're related to the Cthulhu um oh, the, that okay. Motif. Okay. Cthulhu motif. Which wasn't really mentioned again since Hardwired when Dream No More came out, Cthulhu uh, Awakens. But yeah, thing that should not be messenger on fear and sight. Dark deception and then there's kills take, a lot. Yeah. Exactly. And then there's Take No Prisoners by Megadeth. That was a very, um, for me, like I didn't know what the song was about. Like it, it was very vague. It felt but very... like it's a very, me- it's one of the media songs on the album, which I liked. Like Megadeth were just traveling amongst the dynamics, you know. Okay. So that's how I felt about taking. How important is dynamic? Very important. As a like, little... if you can pull it off subtly as yep. well. Like with um, Master of Puppets going back. Yeah. Um, the dynamic in there is very is what makes it. It's like you can identify like there's a fast and brutal part in the front and the back end, and then in the middle, subtly they go into this nice, lovely little like sweet melodic moment. There's a nice little break, and then they build. And that's the importance of dynamic. You show your subtlety as an artist. Right. Could you make the same argument with Thing That Should Not Be? Because there is a lot of tension and build in that song too. But that's also probably one of the first uh, Metallica chugging tracks because it's that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It's, okay. it's a proper heavy, it's a prop- slow it's, chug along. It's a consistent thing like um, with um, battery. It stays consistent throughout. Yeah. You th- yeah, but it is slowed down. Yeah, it is slowed down. Dun, 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 dun. It's like yeah. It's a song that Metallica hadn't really done up until that point. It was more the thrashy, headbangable whiplash yeah, effect it, kind of music, and then the thing that should not be comes along. Well, they did build up to this. Like Kill 'Em All was all about you know fast, brutal, raw, go for it, and then um, the Ride the Lightning album a bit more complex songwriting skills shown there, a lot more instruments. And then you got now we've gone to Master of Puppets, where it's just like, let's see what we can do. Okay. Let's impress some people. But same thing with Rust in Peace. I reckon when it comes to things like Take No Prisoners, that's something, you know, raw, powerful, fast, in-your-face metal. <laughs> uh, I reckon that's just that dialed up tenfold. Yeah. And that's why I would actually take Take No Prisoners over the thing that should not be, oh. to be honest. Oh, our first disagreements. In fact, the first disagreements... On the whole series. <laughs> yeah. We're one episode deep and we've already disagreed. How good is that? Yes. I don't know. There's just something very thrashy, something very 
raw about it and aggressive. I think it's the aggressiveness, and I just love the techno prisoners techno shh because I don't want to really edit in the pod edit yeah, this show very much. But yes, techno, <laughs> and that resonates to the teenage angst in me. Okay. No further comment. No further comment. So I there understand. we go. You've explained yourself pretty well. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Yes. So that would mean uh, two two points to one for me. Rust in peace, which is very strange considering, yeah, Master of is probably one of my favorite albums. <laughs> In my life, but that you're is giving it reason. That's all right. Giving it reason. Next one, iconic ballad, "Welcome Home Sanitarium," mm-hmm. versus Five Magics. Hmm. Now I just want to. This give, was a tough one. This one I was very interested in researching. Five Magics by Megadeth. I went on songfacts. Songfacts.com. This is apparently one of the explanations for the song. <laughs> for this song was, and uh, now I'm quoting off songfacts.com. The speaker in the song lives under an evil, oppressive ruler and wants to overthrow him and become king. To do this, he masters five magics, but in doing so, he becomes power-hungry and evil, just like the Abyss Lord that he opposes. Furthermore, the Abyss Lord already knows the five magics, so he has the advantage and wins the fight. This is the only Megadeth song that that's real fantasy adventure orientated. That's a pretty good explanation because... In my old band, um, Vintage Ruin, we covered Five Magics. Right. And I had to sing this song. And when you sing a song, you sort of understand it much better because you're, you're singing the lyrics every time you're at band practice. Mm. And <laughs> this song was bizarre. Like, I wasn't expecting, like, you know, Dave Mustaine to be talking about magic and all that stuff. Like this. He has talked about uh, magic to an extent in Megadeth. Yeah. Like, he talked about the con- uh, black magic in The Conjuring of Peace mm, Cells. That's right. And I, and I completely forgot about that. But, um, yeah, this was like my introduction into Dave's obsession with, like, magic and black magic even. Is it accurate to say it's his own, it's one of the very few fantasy adventure songs in the Megadeth? Um, uh, accurate to say? Probably. I mean, like... The, the Megadeth discography is so big, like, to go through every single Megadeth album to find, like, the magic songs, it's, it'll be hard. I imagine there'll be more, like, little subtle ones. Right. Whereas Welcome Home... Like, I heard that was based off of um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. The 1962 novel. And they've, also, anyway. they've also said, like, it's a sequel to Fate to Black, in a way. I didn't understand that. How would you call it a sequel to Fade to Black? Well, like the way the song's constructed, it's very. It has a lot of acoustic um, instrumentals, basically. So yeah, it's got a I, similar I can, intro. It's riff. a similar intro with with to an riff. extent riff. Yes. Um. But my decision here is Five Magics. Five Magics, really? Yeah, Five Magics. I went Welcome Home. Oh, again. I oh, went welcome no. home. I, I say five magics. Literally I, because it once again it gives me a, I can there's a lot of visual um, imagery I get from listening to Welcome Home. Like it, it, I don't know, just fascinating seeing someone in like a solitary confinement chamber or whatever, mm. dreaming of breaking free. Yeah, for me, um, for, the reason I chose five magics is because it, it shows off Dave Allison's skill, the bass right. player. It's yeah, a yep. very wacky bass line. Very okay. w- wacky. Funky um, or just wacky? Wacky. Like, it's... It, I don't think it follows a scale or anything. It just sounds, like, really, like, discerning and very um, weird. 
And I had to play that bass line for a long time and I really liked it. It was very hard to play, but I loved it. And then it goes into like all these major riffs at the end of the song. It's like as soon as he starts building up his magical powers, the song gets louder. So I guess playing Five Magic's Life for you has given you a newfound respect for Dave Elfson then, huh? Oh, yeah. He's a great bassist. Is he Is he someone who inspires you very much? Yes. Um, I saw one of his... Um, if you see the way um, Dave Ellison teaches, like, he's very calm, unlike, you know, when you look up some clinics, you know, they, they're very up themselves sometimes. Right. Like, when you're, they're trying to teach you how to play. Dave Ellison is one of those um, musicians that um, is very calm, very... Um, easy to understand and he, he every, everything he puts in is actual hard work you can tell like there's technique there's everything going into what he's doing so I think he's one of the more underrated bass players out there like especially in this scenario considering we're if you were going battle of the bases in this, oh, um, don't don't make me do that don't make me he's going that. up against Cliff Burton. he's going up against and they're both two different bass players I can't I, I think can't. we'll celebrate Cliff a little bit further on yeah, in this we will. podcast. But There's a song. So you, you went Five Magics and I went Welcome Home. Yeah. That's interesting, interesting. We're differing quite a bit, but it is still 2-2. Two, two. Mm. Both sides. Both sides. That's a... That's, that's, this, I that's, don't think we're going to be solving this debate no, at this we, rate, No, it might aren't be we? a draw, Jason. That's... What a way to kick off this series with a draw. No definitive winner. That's the way. Well, we haven't done it. We haven't finished yet, so... We, Leave we, him we, wanting we, more. We can do this. Track five. The Battle of the Track 5. Disposable Heroes from Master of Puppets versus Poison Wars The Cure. Disposable Heroes. Why? It is probably the most, the hardest song to play and it's the most, like, it gets, it gets me inspired to, it, it's an inspiring song for me because, like, it's so aggressive, it's so hard, it's so complex to play. Like, have you noticed the opening, not the opening riff, the main riff. So they put in quads yeah. and triplets okay. in the same riff. That can throw off anybody. Alright, so yeah. just just for music education, because I, I do like playing music myself, but right. I do need an education in music theory. So just explain. So in that in that riff, do you know the riff I'm talking about? Yeah, it's okay. So basically, no, I'm not very good. Obviously, he's put in like um, it's te- it's technicality is very, very, very complex. So it'll throw anybody off because you know you can mistake a quad for a triplet sometimes, and it could just throw you off. So you got to remember like a quad, you know, four times, yeah, triplet three times, and then there's yep. like the straight chugging. Yeah? And then they changed key. And they keep changing keys throughout the song. So it's a very difficult song to play. And when you've mastered that, you feel like you've accomplished one of their most difficult songs. And it's like the way they've structured the song as well. It's very cool. Very cool song. All right. And if you were to break down the construction poison, the cure was the cure. How would you break that down then? Um, it's much shorter. It's much shorter. It's a much shorter song. It's not as complex, I'd say, as Disposable Heroes, but I'd say it's still a pretty good song, Poison is to Cure. It's it's a very fast song as well to play. Like, much more simpler, though, than Disposable Heroes. Do you know what's really awkward? I was originally going to go Poison Wars the Cure, however, you've convinced me. I've convinced you. You've actually convinced me to oh go my- Disposable Heroes. Yes. Is that a victory for you? That is a victory for me. Now, when I, you're talking through the qu- uh, the quadrant, well, sorry, the triplets quads and, and the quads. So, like the that's as a bass player. You that's that's as a bass player. Is that like a galloping technique? Um, 
No. A gallop... Okay, so it explained, like, um, a gallop is like a bass technique where it's just, it sounds like horses, basically. So galloping is more of a consistent thing. Like, with what I've just explained, it's like separate, like, motions. Like, if it was a gallop, it'd be continuing. You hear that a lot in Iron Maiden, right? In this song, it's a bit more than that. There's chugging. So, it's not a consistent gallop. So it's just like one another there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a bit of sense. Yes. All right. We've we've <laughs> we've covered we've we've given disposable heroes a chance. So that's the yeah, clear winner. Here. Absolutely. Very well done. Well done, Reese. You've converted me. Good job. <laughs> Lepimosivus Lucretia. Now, just when I say Lucretia, I love Dave Mustaine. <laughs> I can't even go that high. <laughs> so you can. I can't. <laughs> oh, no. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I can't do that. Um, I'll say Leper Messiah. Uh, okay. S- for similar reasons, a bit more of a complex song to appreciate. Y- yeah, I, I w- especially f- like considering the amount of complex song on songs on this whole album, I'm, I'm surprised that they were able to pull this one off because it's the opening's one that throws me off a lot of the times. Like, like it's an odd time signature. That at the end actually always throws me off. You think it's about to end, and then they'll go... And then It's a cheeky song. It is a cheeky song, yes. So that's... Talking about hierarchy as well. It's It It takes on televangelism, actually. Yes. Like, there's a... For Thank each of these me. albums, yes, you are right. they, they have topics. They have distinct topics. That's what makes them all good songs, essentially. Like, they all have distinctive topics. Um, so, um, yeah, I chose Lepin Messiah because there's a clear topic in the lyrics. It's against um, evangelism. Okay. And Lucretia, what, 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 doesn't, what, does, what message does it not convey to you? Um, no, it's not that it didn't convey anything. No. Um, like, wh- when you read up the story of... Oh, actually, no. It has nothing to do with Lucretia, like the actual story of Lucretia. It's it's actually like the lyrics in this in the song. It's actually more like Dave's in a haunted house or something like that. Like he's seen the ghost or something like that. That's mm-hmm. what the lyrics allude to. It's a rather more melodic song than Leopard Messiah. I'll say that. Right. And I did like that about Lucretia. It's melodic. I think I'll take Leopard Messiah just I, for fun. Oh, for fun. I'll take. Uh, this one's a bit of a tough one. Leper Messiah for me is is it's a bit skippable to me, but so is Lucretia for me. I don't know. Both um, both songs feel a little bit skippable to me. What but makes them skippable to you? I don't know. Not just not not as in your face as the others. I guess. Okay, but I can see what you say there because they're not really like you don't really think of Leper Messiah the first thing you think of Metallica. Yeah. Or Lucretia. Yeah. You think um. You think of Sanitarium, think of Shinomi, Battery, Master of Puppets. Yeah, you think of those ones. Take No Prisoners, Hangar 18, Holy Wars, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I I say Leopard Messiah because it's just fun. It's a fun song. Yeah. And it's a a good song. Since I seek out Leopard Messiah a lot more now, I think I'll give the point to Leopard Messiah, which Mm. is a whoop-de-doo moment for Metallica because I genuinely thought I'd say Metallica are my favorite band, but Rust in Peace is going to win this. But I think Mm. we're looking at a Master of Puppets victory here. However... There's the next one. The, there's the next one. This one I looked at it and I'm thinking, how in the hell are you supposed to compare these, these two? two? Orion. Versus Tornado of Soul. Versus Tornado of Soul. 
<laughs> See, they're very they're two very different songs. Also, Orion, the pinnacle of Cliff Burton, mm-hmm. Tornado of Souls, probably the solo that identifies Marty Friedman. Yes. Marty Friedman is the lead guitarist of Megadeth. He well, he was around through the nineties. He oh, was yeah. he was the Megadeth guitarist from Rust in Peace all the way up to Risk in ninety yes. nine. Let me put into perspective, like Orion is an instrumental, okay? Yes. Tornado of Souls is a love song. It is. It is very Which much. I found very surprising. I n- didn't expect metal to be about love. Well, they rom- pulled it off, romance, didn't he? But they did. Now, this is get this is where it gets difficult for me because Orion is probably a song that's synonymous with Cliff Burton cause Absolutely. Yeah, because of his glorious bass work really. Oh yeah. There's a lot of glorious bass work there. The and, the, the yeah. middle section probably most comes to mind. That one. And it's like, you know, the guitars dance around that as well. So the guitar work is great, is great in that, you know. And then it's funny to hear a song that is very centered around bass. Like it's not rhythm guitar and lead guitar. It the the lead instrument is the bass. Shows how much they trusted Cliff Burton and how much re- musical respect they had for him because apparently Cliff Burton had the most musical knowledge amongst them. Mm. Like he studied music compared they've to They've always that. seen they've always seen him as the he was the father figure of the three. Yeah. Lars, Kirk and Hetfield. I thought it was like the way it worked was like James had the ideas and then Lars was the arranger. But back in Master of Puppets days and before, it was like, you know, it, I think maybe there were more ideas I believe coming it, from Cliff. In those days, it, it seems to me it was a much more collaborative effort. Like yeah. Master of Puppets is has all four members are written, given writing yeah. credits. Damage Incorporated, that's given... All four of them. If hell, even in Ride the Lightning, there's um, you know all four of them mm. are credited with the writing credits, even though there are some stuff with Mustaine still in there. Yeah, and this is the first Master of Puppets is the first album which there's Mustang, no there's no Mustaine credited. Yeah, so, so. just in just in case that someone has never listened to heavy metal and they've tuned into this podcast for the same reason, for whatever reason, we'll just give you a quick education. Dave Mustaine used to be the lead guitarist for Metallica. The first. The first lead guitarist for Metallica. However, due to his um, unruly ways, they sent him home on a bus four days from New York to yeah. the Bay Area and uh, acquired that. Kirk Hammett. And out of revenge, Dave Mustaine started Megadeth. And I saw a video once that I think Rust in Peace, um, Dave Mustaine claims this is probably the first album that they that he had created where it was just the the, the mindset was... Let's create a great record. No revenge, no revenge mentality. Just let's make the and look the what balls happens. to the wall. Look what album. It was. It's something to match with Master of Puppets. Yeah. So um, I have to make a decision here, and I'm pretty scared of this decision. I, I just can't. Let's see if I can make. Um, oh, see if let's you see can if ch- I can yeah, make yeah, yeah, it. Okay, let's okay. see if I can make you stump. I'll yep. stump you even more. Okay. So you know Marty Friedman. Okay. The solo for Tornado of Souls. Okay. First of all, your take on it. Well, we co- actually we covered this song as well in my old band. Okay. As a when we changed out of Five Magics, we went to Tornado of Souls. So you would have a very newfound appreciation for it, I guess. Yes, I do. The bass line is still pretty good, and the solo is so hard. By the looks of it, it's so hard to accomplish because it's the Marty Freeman solo. In the a, Marty Freeman solo. In a 2002 interview, Marty Friedman stated, okay. "When he finished recording the guitar solo to Tornado of Souls, Mustaine listened to it once." Never said a word, and he just shook his hand in admiration. 
Wait, he did what? He, he did. He just he just listened to the the song Tornado Souls. Listened to the solo. He didn't even need to say a word. He just shook his hand and walked off. And <laughs> <laughs> holy shit! Oh no! Again? <laughs> okay. Excuse my language. Co- Friedman claims that this was the moment he's like, okay, I'm a fully fledged member of this band now. This is where it gets more difficult because both songs, like it's the pinnacle of great players, it affirms a player in each band, a specific player. Orion with Burton, and then Tornado with Marty. So I don't know which one counts as the better one. I'm, I'm if you want my take, I'd take Tornado. You'll take Tornado. I'm going to take Tornado. All right, you take Tornado. God. Um, I feel like your bass player heart wants you to say Orion, but your appreciation because you play Megadeth is leaning... That, I think that's where the conflict's coming in, isn't it? It is. All right, I'll make a decision. It's not because... Okay... It was probably the first bass line I ever learnt. Orion. You're going to take Orion? I'm going to take Orion. The reason I say this is because I heard Orion's bass line and I was absolutely hooked. Okay? So I thought, i got to try and learn this. And when I was learning it, it sort of got me in a way. It's like when you hear a, a bass line that really connects with you. It's like, and connects you and how you, you want to do your technique from there like how you want to approach bass lines like Cliff Burton will be my one of my go-tos so like you go around the melody you pursue the melody and that's where it is so, so as a bass player for Ascarian so whenever you, you're struggling for ideas and you want to come up with a bass line you do look at that as your main source of where you want you to look, take you look to writing. what other bass players have done it's not just like Cliff Burton you, you look everywhere you can would that be the key st- keystone in your Cliff, like Cliff Burton? Yeah, you can No, start. no, I wouldn't say that. No, okay. I think it's like a lot of bass players. Like, there'd be a lot. Like, you got Cliff Burton, Getty Lee from Rush, Chris Squire from Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, very proggy, mm-hmm, proggy feel there. Very much so. Um, uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Funky. And Mike Baccaro from Toto. Okay. That's, I know it's a bit of a broad spectrum, but yeah. That's, that's how you create good art, isn't it? Yeah. So there we go. We're settled. The bass player heart of Reese McKenzie of mm-hmm. Ascarian yep. has leaned him towards Orion, but because and because I really enjoy that solo Tornado of Souls, and it's a bloody damn good song. Someone introduced me to Tornado of Souls the very first time through because he didn't like Dave Mustaine's vocals very much, <laughs> and he liked making it the fun of the land of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. What? Do it. It's land of opportunity. Whenever we do a Mustang album, you're doing a Mustang impression. I have to do a Dave Mustaine impression. Um, what? No warning. Actually, no second chance. Could I? Could. <laughs> damn, you're good. Uh, could I just oh, bring up one it. more? Can I bring up one more thing? What? Um, <laughs> bring up one more thing. What there is, is a live um, version of the album to, of Rust in Peace, and he's and he's auto tuned on this album. Oh, is he? Yes. So I was able to think, hmm, how does Mustaine sound auto-tuned, and especially on Tornado of Souls? On Tornado of Souls. He's auto-tuned. Oh, boy. And was it better? Eh. It wasn't too bad, but still, it was still the same, essentially. Okay. So with auto-tune, he sounds the same. (laughs) That says something. Yeah. Any inspiring, aspiring Aspiring. artist... (laughs) Any aspiring artists out there, auto-tune might not make your voice sound better. You might just sound more of the same. Yes. Now, same. this is where things get interesting considering Rust in Peace is a nine-track album. Master of Puppets is an eight-track album. Yeah. So we're at the end of Master of Puppets. Damage Incorporated versus Dawn Patrol. 
Okay, I think this is like, this is where it gets unfair. Because Dawn Patrol is sh much shorter. And like... It's only about a minute and a half. It's only about a minute and a half. And, it and I would still take it over Damage Inc. What? I would still take it you're, over Damage You're going to give the point to Dawn Patrol? Yes. Because I love its groove. Dun, 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 I dun, love dun, that dun, group. Dun, dun. I think that's the I think that's the showcase of Elfson right there. If Orion mm. is Cliff's epit the epitome of Cliff, Dawn Patrol's the epitome of Elfson, in my mind. I, I have to say Damage Inc. Yeah? Yeah, Damage Inc. Do, do you know what takes me out of Damage Inc. actually? What takes you out of Damage Inc.? That intro is way too long for me. <laughs> Oh, it's about so a minute long. I see what you're doing. It's a five-minute song, but it's a minute long. I get what you're I saying. I could have listened to Dawn Patrol before the main riff of Damage Inc. hits. For me, Allison, it's just how like it with Dawn Patrol. It's it is wacky as well, but I think it's like this whole album he shows off, like it's all consistent, like how how well he's able to match Mustaine as well as Friedman. Why not? Why but, not? You know. But with Damage Inc. I have to give it the same point as his Leopard Messiah. Mm. Like, it's a very cheeky song. Like, the start is a reversed intro of uh -huh. bass. And then once it gets into the song, it's a very, very brutal song. And it's also like, when the chorus comes along, it's like, Damage Incorporated. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, yeah the, whisper do, uh, the Whisper makes the song. Yeah, the Whisper, I will makes, say, the the whisper, whisper makes, makes the song. song so and I'm, it's I'm invested. Absolutely. absolutely. But I don't know. I, if that intro is a little bit shorter... Maybe I would have given the point, but I'm going to give it to Dawn Patrol because I love the groove. I head bop to it. I love the cheeky, cheeky vocal mm. style of Dave Mustaine. What In fact, is when the they perform, about? I'm not sure, but when they <laughs> perform, what I did find out is that when they perform it live, Dave Mustaine will just walk backstage and deliver the vocals off off stage. He'll just leave the stage to Elfson to perform perform the group. I, I understand that. Like it's an Elfson song. Yeah, I even saw. I even saw. It's one of his favorite riffs. It's one of his favourite bass Oh, yeah, Dave I remember Ellison. him saying that. Um, Up there with a Fatal Illusion, which was off um, Dystopia. He, he really shows off in that song. I Peace really... Sells. Peace Sells. I think that... I may have said Dawn Patrol's pinnacle of Ellison, but it, Peace Sells, that bass line is probably just up, yeah, as up there. Yeah. Maybe even surpasses it, and I might have just said something completely rubbish then. <laughs> there was that, and uh, Symphony of Destruction, there was one more. I couldn't quite remember, but Symphony of Destruction, for obvious reasons, I mean. Megadeth, um, Ungante Megadeth. I think he said Tornado of Souls. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. To anyone who wants to fill in on the 5th, please, please notify do. us. Facebook.com forward slash great stand metal standoff pod. Facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod. That's our Facebook address. Please connect with us. Mm. Anyway, so. So we come to the last song, which now, means like. Rust in Peace, Polar Polaris, right? Polaris. Yeah. So, so I guess there's no competition here. Yeah, it goes. We just have to definitively say yes. I, I love this song. I want want to listen to this ten times over and not mm. get bored. It's I'm not going to give the point if it's a if it's a half-assed one, Reese. If half you go, if you go, yeah, I guess I'm, I've listened to this again. I'm going to be strict on this. I will not award the point. So the point goes to nothing. The point will go my to nothing. Answer was going to be yeah. 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 Really, you're not. Yeah. You wouldn't be able. Um, I can't pay that. Uh, yeah. Why? I why would you? I, I don't know. Like, I think I might give the point to Rust in Peace for you me. Can, the you can give track. it, but I, I wouldn't. Like, I, I'm just like you know. It doesn't. It doesn't really do much for me. Like the, like, this. The, it covers the whole concept of what Dave wanted to do with his album, which is like he saw a bumper sticker once: "All nuclear weapons, Rust in Peace." 
which is really cool. I think that's a I great... I think when I did the research on that, he did it while, he saw it while skydiving or something? Or have <laughs> I just mixed a bunch of stories up? <laughs> yeah, um, it, but yeah, I think, yeah, I can't really... I don't know if I could defend it. Really? That's the thing. I mean, it's not a bad song, let's be honest. All songs on these albums are great. Oh, yeah. But I don't... The... I can't... If I had something... If we had another song, I think I'd be able to... Th- have a really good decision on this. Yeah. But because it's up by itself, I don't think I can give it a point. Interesting. I like that chorus. It all be will rust... Well, how, does it, how does the lyric go? Oh, we'll rust in peace or something like that. Yeah. I've forgotten how it went. Because I, I can't understand what he's saying. It's just like... Oh. It is tricky to understand, but I head bang along, so that's probably why I'd like... I, I do enjoy this song. I, I enjoy it a, sh- a crap ton. Mm-hmm. A crap ton. Uh, I'm not going to ruin my own edit here, people. Like I've done twice <laughs> already. You know what? I, I I would most definitely seek out Rust in Peace, Polaris again, so I'm okay. going to give that a point there. So we have reached the end of Master of Puppets Rust in Peace Battle, the very first metal standoff right here on this brand new podcast, The Great Metal Standoff. Reese. Yes. I can safely say that you have most definitely gone with Master of Puppets with this. You went yep. six, six to two. <laughs> So that's a point to Metallica, but the problem is, is that we do run the risk of a draw since this is a one-on-one conversation. Yes. And unfortunately, it on was. the very first episode of the Great Metal Standoff, we do not have a definitive winner because I have gone five Megadeth songs to four, thus it's a draw. What do we do? Do we award two premiership points to yeah, we can. both? These albums will come up again in this podcast, so you know what? I think they both deserve a point. It's a bit tricky. It's it, well, I, I must say it's very telling. But what the but do the would the rules indicate that we can give both these albums a point? Yes. It's oh, one one. So you know what? I'm happy with that. Why? We haven't got a definitive it's the first episode. We need a definitive winner, don't we? <sighs> nah. I think I think with these albums, I think yeah. It is telling. It is yeah. It te- it tells you the level of influence, impact. And absolutely everything. Legacy. Yeah, it's legacy. So I think, of, yeah, these albums do deserve our respect. I think. And we have just done that. We've celebrated the best of Metallica and the best of Megadeth. It's We can't separate them apart. Why Why do we have this Megadeth versus Metallica feud when they're just as good as each other? I know. It's like we've known about their feud, well, the feud, since, like, if you know Metallica, you know Megadeth because, you know, they're always neck and neck. I mean, not with like albums, like when they come out and release, but just like, you know, their history. The quality. Yeah. It's like, they're both different. Like they're polar opposites. Like Megadeth go for the, like the trickier riffs and the spot, like the trickier, like playing Metallica go for the more meatier meat and potato songs. And, you know, I think like the way I put it is like Dave Mustaine sounds like a cat. Mustaine sounds like a dog. <laughs> Say that again. Mustaine sounds like a cat. Mustaine sounds like a cat. Yes. Headfield sounds like a dog. <laughs> it now I I think I'm starting to see why this debate comes in. If you with the, I think that's the perfect analogy for the Metallica Megadeth thing. It, it's Metallica versus Megadeth. Cat versus dog. Left versus right. Yeah. Up versus down. You, you can separate it. They're just mutually exclusive. Yeah. They're just as good as the other. Either way. So there we go. We're at a draw. It's a draw. It's a draw. The Great Metal Standoff Episode 1 ends on a draw. I'm happy with that. 
I'm very happy with that. Or did you want a definitive? But I don't if we know. had a definitive, I would have been like, oh, real? Oh. What about the other album? Admittedly, it is a very telling situation of where Metallica and and Megadeth stand amongst each other. In fairness, I must say, if I wanted to bring a non-metal fan into this wacky world that is metal, mm-hmm. it's a wacky world, admittedly, isn't it? It is a very, very wacky world. These are the albums that I would suggest to them first. It's the first thing I'd say. Go listen to Master of Puppets or go listen to Rust in Peace. You, get, you say Metallica that, or That's Megadeth. easy enough. Easy enough. Either way, so... One final time, plug all your social medias, Reese McKenzie, Oliver Scarion. So, if you'd like to listen to our proggy black and death metal band, Scarion from Melbourne, you can come check us out on Facebook and Instagram, while also checking out our EP, Pinnacle of Neglect. That is on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. Please check us out. We would love to hear what you think. And, you know, if we gig, come see us. Okay? Do you know what I think? What do you think? I reckon you should be a regular on this show. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon you should be a regular on this show. Please come by as many times as you possibly can. Sure. Because we do need the musician perspective on this show. You also need journo perspective, journalist's perspective, and I think... I'm just a fan celebrating music, Reese. Yeah, you are a fan, and you're also a musician, bear in mind. To an extent, I can play guitar competently. I'm not going to join any bands anytime soon, but I'll play it every now and then. You can make up your own. You could be the Brian Wilson of the Jason Boys. One-man band? Yeah. You could be the Brian Wilson, the Paul McCartney. You could be Little Richard. You know, you could be any, you know, criteria for yourself. Well, we'll see where this journey takes it. Reese, thank you very much for ch- taking part in this journey. We're hopefully, we see you Next. many more times down the line. Huzzah. Please do come back. Will you come back? Okay. Yes? Yes, I will come back. Excellent. Thank you very much. Over and out. Big thanks again to Reese McKenzie for coming down to take part in the first ever battle here at the Great Metal Standoff. You can check out his base work in Melbourne Prog slash death metal band Iscarian at the social media outlets listed throughout the episode. And once again, Iscarian's EP Pinnacle of Neglect is available if you're interested in checking them out on iTunes, Spotify and Bandcamp. Well, that was a lot of fun. Hopefully, this po- as this podcast travels along, he can drop by again for another show. I, d- I do quite enjoy having discussions with Reese about music and all that kind of stuff because he can continue to teach me. He can teach me a thing or two about the technical the th- and the theoretical side of what makes the music that we both enjoy s- as great as it is. Anyway, ov- just wrapping things up, overall, in this battle between Master of Puppets and Rust in Peace... I, myself, the final score was 4-5 to five in favour of Rust in Peace, whereas Reese uh, gave the advantage to Master of Puppets 6-2, to two, therefore an overall score of 1 each. We were, as we mentioned throughout in the final stages of that discussion, we were unable to settle the debate. It's a 30-year debate, this Metallica and Megadeth argument of which band is better. It's lasted for over 30, 35 years, and... We dug up the dead horse and beat it once more, and yet still somehow we were not able to come to a conclusion, which is unfortunate for me. I mean, I'm just amazed that I ended up picking Rust in Peace in the end, considering, seriously, Metallica is genuinely my favourite band. But in fairness, um, I did kind of have a tiny little hinge that Megadeth would come out on top for at least me, because as much as Metallica are my favourite band in the world, uh, part of me has kind of accepted that 
in many ways, Megadeth are the more technically proficient band. And obviously, throughout that battle, that part of me was pulling me over more than my heartstrings. And, ah, well. I must say, in retrospects, um, the song Five Magics... in retrospect now, it's starting. I'm starting to now think about the Sonic the Hedgehog's Chaos Emeralds, the seven Chaos Emeralds, five magics, just delving into the subject matter of overthrowing and a rebel overthrowing a big villain thing. Either way, that that made me laugh a little bit after the after the discussion. All in all, my final thoughts are the same viewpoint that I had during our discussion. That is, if you are someone who is trying to get into harder and heavier music entering the wacky world of heavy metal because it is a very wacky world sometimes master of puppets rust in peace metallica megadeth they are the two albums you want to start off with i'm telling you if you go listen to both of these albums from start to finish you will not be disappointed all right so that's it from me this is the very first episode of the great metal standoff done and dusted we're done and we're done for for a week we're done for a period of time who knows who knows the only way to go is up but it, it is funny our first episode is going to end on a draw how, un- how unfortunate is that but like I said it, it really says something about the game changing legacy that these two bands have it is probably a real life a real life irresistible force versus immovable object hopefully down the line we can find a third energy that can break this stalemate apart. Who knows what that might be? Either way, you can keep up to date with the Great Metal Standoff at sin.org.au and follow us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod. The only way to go up, the only way to go up is up. And the only way we're going to go up is via skyrocketing. Who knows? We could make these panel discussions much more grander we can instead of a one-on-one chat we could have a three-person discussion a four-person discussion maybe even a five-person discussion i don't know about that either way this is the great metal standoff we're signing off over and out